movies and four Howdy ho hum! You are listening to Movies in 4K, and I am Bill Shetty. And I'm Lady Phantom. And this is episode 44, a bonus Phantom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really not this time of year movie, but we got the request, so we had to cover it. We are doing Evil Dead 2, the sequel to the scary evil dead from 81 yeah nothing says christmas time like the (laughs) evil dead too (laughs) yes this shout out goes to tony smith who stated for an older movie this is one damn good 4k transfer now after he made the recommendation to us he went back and rewatched it and he did say to be prepared it has grain in the first few minutes of the movie but he says it gets better we'll get into all that coming up during this episode so let's kick it off Evil Dead 2 is listed in five genres, Lady Phantom. Action, comedy, fantasy, horror, thriller. I wanted to duck three of them, but what's your opinion? I don't see a reason to keep thriller or fantasy. Or action. Um, It is very action-y, actually. I mean, I would I would keep that one. You would search for this movie in the action department? No. No, definitely not. But it does have action. Yeah, but Phantom, though, I'm going by, you know, not nostalgia, but when this came out, I was a teenager, and this was a very popular movie, and this was straight-up horror comedy. Yeah, that's true. You know, they're adding these genres to these sites and stuff like that, and nobody's going to search for this movie for action. I mean, there's a lot of horror comedy in this. That's what it is. Actually, comedy horror, but yeah. You would put comedy first, really? (laughs) Yes, yes. It's funny, Phantom, because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I actually thought there was more comedy in this looking back, but... Yes, there's comedy in this movie, but not as much as I remembered seeing this as a teenager. So, actually, I would just put them 50 50. I'm not that we're doing percentages or anything, but I would say it's equally horror and comedy. And the thing about it, and I'm going to throw Raimi under the bus on this, is I think this is the movie that jump started the horror and comedy mixing. While it's not farcical as Shaun of the Dead, which is one of the most popular comedy horror movies, like that you can tell from the opening and all through the movie, that's comedy horror. This does have some scary, serious scenes that typically isn't in a horror comedy. I don't know. I disagree. I think movies like, for example, Shaun of the Dead or even Zombieland, the comedy 
is not in the horror. It's in how people behave, what they say and everything. And in this movie, the comedy is directly related to the horror. Well, that is a good distinction. And that's a nice way to look at that. But when you're looking at a movie overall to describe to somebody, you know, I would personally put horror before comedy here. I I, I think it's like a 60-40 mix, personally. I, I would and say they are equal. See, and we're going to get into this during the review, but I think because of how over the top some of the effects were, especially Phantom, since you've never seen this movie, so you're seeing it in a clearer light than we ever did back in the day it really shines the fakeness of a lot of scenes yeah which you never had on vhs i mean you knew it was fake because there's a lot of stop motion and stuff going on here but the evil dead always had that feel anyway and just to let you know out there the evil dead the original movie is in my top 10 horror movies of all time it scared the bejesus out of me when i was a child the scene with the attic and the girl that's so malevolent and sinister with the laughing tones it's like these demons are having fun and it puts a different spin on a demon it's not super serious like the remake of evil dead was which is a great horror movie straight out but it adds that sinister like we're just fooling around with you until we kill you because they got that laugh and stuff so it makes it a little demonic like yeah actually the that evil dead was a movie that i actually saw when when did it come out 81 okay so i must have watched it 82 83 and it was the very first movie ever that actually gave me nightmares. Like, I, I, I got so scared. I mean, those demons going like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god! It, it, it was like it, it, so powerful, and it, it also scared the bejesus out of me. And yeah, I that, was young. That basement demon, and I seen this when it came out the original right away so this was one that was on pre-order i remember my family pre-ordering it and the day it was released on vhs we got it and seen it and i remember i was watching it at night in one of my brother's rooms and it was really dark and oh my god that basement demon (laughs) oh it was incredibly oh yeah just that creaking of the door and the look of the demon and the laugh and the maniacal nature of it and even though i haven't seen it also in a while that movie holds the evil dead it holds up it's definitely dated i mean it is dated but yeah i say it holds too but not to the level it it did in 81 of course of course but it definitely holds because most of the special effects are makeup effects really and they are on the people and the people are acting and the horror has to do with the people as you were saying uh, being played around by the demons this one is a completely different thing that we're going to talk about. Yes, we're ranting and raving on here, but let's get into Evil Dead 2, directed by the same guy that did the first one, Sam Raimi. And who's the stars in this one, Phantom? Bruce Campbell, Sarah Barry, Dan Hicks. And Ted Raimi. 
And Ted Raimi, yeah. The brother of San Raimi. And we got to do a RIP, a rest in peace to Dan Hicks, who just passed away this year in June. Oh, he did. He was in quite a few horror movies back in the 80s, mm-hmm. Phantom, lower budget stuff, like not mainstream, but I would say he was fairly well known. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace to Dan Hicks and his family. So you have that. All right. What's that little synopsis say? The lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh possessing spirits holds up in a cabin with a group of strangers while the demons continue their attack. Good little sentence. I guess. All right. So I got to explain this to Phantom because she's asked me three times and I said, you got to (laughs) wait. This does not continue from the first one. This to me, I don't know the logic behind it. I didn't research it and never have during my career. But it's almost like this movie is just another story, a retelling in the Evil Dead franchise. It doesn't continue. Ash died in the first one, so he couldn't be in it. So this is just like he wanted to make another movie Probably couldn't decide how to continue it because Bruce Campbell was a thing in the 80s, believe it or not. Like, he gained so much popularity from Evil Dead. So instead of retroactively saying he didn't die or something like that, I felt he just created another story just to elaborate on this universe that revolves around this book that's ancient, centuries thousands of years ago i think they said 1300 a.d or something the necronomicon and it's a book of spirits and it's written in a language that they gotta decipher and that's where pretty much this movie starts bruce campbell or ash goes to this cabin with his girlfriend and they see a reel-to-reel deck player tells you how old this movie is and they play it and it's the spoken word of this book of the people that own that cabin okay and he is the one that found it and wanted to research it and all that stuff i mean this necronomicon book is a staple in actually horror now everybody knows where this comes from Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's a old book with like a little face on it and it's got you know in a different language yeah it's supposed to be uh, covered in human skin ancient human skin so if you recite certain voices it brings the demons out and what i'd like to describe here first with this movie before we get into the story because it's a key and this movie started it this whole franchise is how it depicts these demon spirits coming after people mm-hmm. It's like traveling through the woods where this cabin is. is. Shaky cam, but not annoying. Like, like, and with the music, like the wind and everything, like, yeah, the growling, like it's looking for hosts Uh because that's how these spirits survive. They got to get into somebody and possess them. Yep. So that's what this whole story encompasses. Now with this one right away, after they play this tape, And yes, it is a tape. (laughs) (laughs) His girlfriend gets possessed. And Mm -hmm. he has to take care of her. And after this little deed, 
he gets possessed. The spirit comes into him because he's trying to escape. And what's really fascinating with this is how it's portrayed on film. You'll see somebody running and they'll be looking back. It's like they know the spirit's coming by what's on the screen. You're not seeing anything. You know, it's just rustling the woods and leaves and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like they know there's a presence after them. Like they can feel this presence. And I don't think it could be done any better. Like it felt real. Like how do you portray something not there coming after you? It's done scarily, I would say. Yeah, it's very convincing. Definitely. I like that. It's it's very effective because mm-hmm. it's it's as you said everything it's the imagery and the sound and actually also the perspective where mm. the camera is like the, the the camera is right on the ground like going after whatever it is so it does feel like there's something moving toward the cabin or the person or whatever it is and it's very effective so ash tries to escape he gets a little infected has a brief moment of possession and then snaps out of it and tries to escape this woody area and notice that the bridge is gone so he can't this is when we come to meet the other four main characters in here one is the daughter of the parents that own the cabin she knows about the book she knows that it brings spirits out but she thinks her parents are alive and such so she's with her boyfriend and then they come across this bridge it's not there and they meet up with two other characters that get them to the cabin and this is when all the shenanigans basically happen um not really much more to talk about people get possessed ash is the leader of the clan he knows the most about it he has to do the most killing it's a really key part in here where just his hand gets possessed. Yeah, and if I'm not very mistaken, I think the the hand makes a reappearance in Ash versus the Evil Dead in the series. But I, I, yeah, I, you like the TV series. I yeah, I did. I used to like it, and it has that comedy horror nature. Oh, it's very different, but it still has that nature. Absolutely. Now updated effects and stuff like that. Okay, let's talk about some of the effects here. A lot of stop motion here. Yes. And 4K didn't do it any justice. That's being very generous, actually. Now, this could be why fantasy's included in it, even though we're not adding fantasy in here, is it just has this appeal of animation like it's not really real you know what yeah i understand yes definitely but i was thinking clash of the titans one of my favorite fantasy movies especially when i was little that used animation done by ray harryhausen and there was a lot of stop motion animation and it was a lot better than this and we are talking six years before Yes, Phantom, and I think that goes to the budget, too, though, because this reminds me of a horror trilogy called Basket Cases about Siamese Mm. twins, and one of these, one of them's a little thing, like a foot, and it's all done by stop motion. And to have that be more effective, they need to shoot a lot more. Mm -hmm. And remember, this is back in film when film cost a lot of money. 
So to yeah. make it appear better or a little bit more realistic, I think it would have cost a lot more money with this movie. Yeah. Now, in the original, we had the stop motion with the trees, but we thought it was really scary. But here it happens a lot with a lot of different scenarios. Yeah. And I think it does take you out a little bit. Now, how would you say is the demon's makeup in this one? Exaggerated. And a little goofy. Not scary. I mean, I was prepared because I knew that it had a lot of comedy. But I also knew that it was a sequel to one of my favorite horror movies of the 80s. And I was so completely disappointed. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, you can see a lot. And that, I think one of the, the effective things of the first one is that you do see this girl and these demon people, you know? But you don't see much. I mean, you do see them, but you see just enough for it to really scare the daylights out of you. But here they go all in. They exaggerate it. And like I could, full suits and everything. And it just right. loses something. And that's what I was going to summarize if you haven't seen this movie and you're interested. In the first one, it's basically real people with a lot of facial makeup and maybe hands. Here you're starting to don suits and rubberized things. So it takes it to that goofy nature level. Yes. But there was scenes in here I was chilled to, I would say. I wasn't scared out of my mind like the first one. Can you mention any? Yeah, actually, when uh, Ash turns, and I don't want to go too much into this story, but there's times where he does get possessed, and I thought his makeup was incredible. Actually, his makeup, I think, was the best part of this movie i mean with the sunken eyes the skull look you know the diabolical makeup on the face yes like the high cheekbones like they really had effective makeup on you knew it was him but you could tell he was possessed and like hardcore demony yeah and he and it works with him because i mean when he was younger and now too of course but especially when he was younger and thinner it's like his bone structure is very chiseled so it worked very well with this kind of makeup. Like it could be exaggerated without yes. making it too exaggerated. It was very well done. His makeup was excellent. Yes. Yeah, so there's a scenario there when he's going after somebody in the cabin. And I thought that was pretty chilling. Mm-hmm. Now, this girl loves to scream and then stop all of a sudden. I thought that was... <laughs> It happened like three times and it just stands out to me watching it this time. She'll be like screaming, running like at the top of her lungs and then she'll stop and just stop screaming, not like pant or nothing. It's like, all right, I'm screaming here. I'm scared. No, I'm not. It just, the dichotomy of that was off. It's jarring. Yeah. Sound. I'm going to speak more to this in the 4K because I got to elaborate on that. But just the state, the sound quality for you that don't have 4K that are going to be watching the Blu-ray or DVD maybe, it is super dated. They did upgrade it for this release, but you can definitely tell it's coming from a mono track. It's very tinny, low budget feel, and they just didn't spend the money in that department to have high quality sound. And some overdubs 
are oh, horrible. Yes. yes, good point, Phantom. They're really outlandish. There's an attack scene with Bruce Campbell, and when he's fighting with his hand, when it's you know throwing him around and he's trying to kill his own hand and stuff, and he's not even moving his mouth or anything, and you just hear all these sounds, grunts, and groans, and it was so obvious, like when he bangs into a wall, it was an overdub because yeah. it just didn't have the correct sound. And there was also some scenes when like a head hit a tree, mm-hmm. it wasn't the correct sound effect. Yeah, and also there's in the trivia, the, apparently that phrase he says, and I did notice it. I mean, it stood out to me when he says tool shit because he doesn't say anything. They just added that as an overdub later on. And it's really really obvious and actually later on i think cart russell or someone like had him say tool shit one movie they were filming or something like that but yeah the point is that the overdubs are really poor and the dialogues are it's it, it was bad now if you have seen the tv series which was very popular what it lasted three seasons or something three or like four that? i think yeah i only um, watched the first two i think if you're interested in going back to see where this started, this is a good movie to start at because this shows you how he dons the chainsaw on his hand. That's yeah. so common in that TV series. Yeah, and talking about that, I would like to say that, I mean, it's cool how he loses the hand. Although I still think it's dumb because at the point where he gets the chainsaw, first of all, he starts it with his mouth, which it's not going to happen if you are trying to start a chainsaw. And second of all, the butcher knife was a foot from there. It would have been way easier to just take the butcher knife and sever the hand saw style. But but would that actually work to your saw? Uh, that wouldn't cut through your bone and your arm, I don't think. Family. As the girl from Saw? I mean, to four, five hits? Sure. It's a butcher knife. I think I'd rather have a chainsaw too. I want it to go through as quick as possible. Well, it's a butcher knife. It's not a chef's knife. It's different. Like a butcher knife is really heavy. Do you think you could keep doing that to completely break through your bone and all your skin and ligaments and every... Oh, no. Why not? The guy from 127 Hours did it with a blunt knife. Okay, well, (laughs) you're getting off topic. But the point is, the point is... That later on, of course, he's all mangled and he, he bandages his arm, of course. And you see this copy of this book, A Farewell to Arms, ha ha ha. And uh, funnily enough, later there's a scene where the hand uh, that, or the arm that has been severed is actually longer than the other one, but let's just ignore that. And not a few hours after that happens, he proceeds to attach a chainsaw to his arm. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. You're going to be in a world of pain. Well, they did show, I would say, it's a minute-long scene when they go to the tool shed and they get all these pieces of old equipment and yeah. show little bolts and, like, you would really yeah, have to pause it. You'd really have to pause the movie to see exactly how he did it because they flash a lot of scenes with different things. But I'm sure somebody has done it and seen, ooh, is that possible? No, I mean, it's a harness. 
they show the way they show it they it's not that that the chainsaw is actually attached to the arm it's it's just a harness but this but part he has that, to put bolts into his stub and all that stuff i know but he just caught it with a chainsaw it's all mangled and he's gonna be in a world of pain there's no way he can attach well, that for months okay phantom definitely i mean but this isn't a realistic horror movie i mean well, this isn't based in reality there's that yeah so, I mean, you're dealing with spirits and demons and supernatural and how it's traveling and trees coming after you and branches and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think you're putting more to that that needs to be because if you want to go all realistic on how would you do this and all that, well, that's not what this movie is. No, I understand that. I understand that. But when that scene happened, I was just like, no. That's not going to happen. He's going to be in a world of pain. No. You know, but whatever. Yeah, it's just like make-believe and whatever. Yes, because this is 100% fun horror. And I would even say, while it scared the daylights out of me, the original Evil Dead 2 has that appeal, even though it's really scary and if you've seen it young, you're going to have nightmares like Phantom said. It really gets under your skin and it's disturbing, but still maintains a fun atmosphere. Like it's a, it revels in wanting to be fun. It doesn't take itself too serious. Even I, the original. I agree, but I think it is very different because in the original, the main thing, it's very scary. And the only ones that are having fun in that movie are the demons. And the public is not supposed to have fun. It's supposed to get scared because of that. Yes. In this movie, it shifts. It does a 180. So you and wouldn't then it's say, just, oh, yeah, let's have fun. That's it. So you wouldn't say the original isn't a fun horror movie to you? I mean, it has... There's some lighthearted fun. stuff there, when the yeah. characters are reacting. Okay, and stuff. yes, there is some lighthearted stuff, but by no means is it, or I, I don't mean to say that it's meant because who knows, like that Sam Raimi is Sam Raimi, but I didn't find it fun in the way that this movie is clearly trying to be. Well, I was just denoting the original Evil Dead to me while being totally brutal and scary is fun. And I think that is why the Evil Dead remake got Evil panned Dead. because mm -hmm. that is totally gruesome, violent, and there's no lighthearted moments in it. And it's they amazing. They took the fun-hearted nature of the original which i still say would be considered a fun horror movie even though it's super scary and demented it has that fun appeal and this one he just elaborated more on the fun side and there is some serious scenes in this and i, I don't want you to listen totally to phantom where she's thinks I, it's all jokey because no, there is some serious scenes i will equate and by no means do i mean this is the same okay but i would equate the first one more to fright night yes fun you see this vampires you know and they are gruesome and it is fun but it is scary yes it's as scary as it as it can be this movie i promise you it's zero scary to me not at all 
I was at points I was actually falling asleep. Well, you heard it here. To me, I was shocked. Like I said, I thought there was more comedy in this as I remembered. I hadn't seen this in 20 years or so. So I do want to thank Tony because we added this to our collection and uh, I think it's time to get into the uh, ratings. If you want to talk about maybe real briefly the acting for this type of movie, what did you think, Phantom? I think the acting was okay. Bruce Campbell was really good and he did exactly what he needed to do. He improvised scenes that were good. I think I read the attack of his hand on him was only one take and it was all improvised and it was very overacted and it was very good because it's meant um, and it's, it goes with the tone of the movie. So it's perfectly fine. I'll tell you another, probably the second scariest scene in this Phantom is when he's actually daydreaming or you're not sure it's happening and he's looking in a mirror oh yeah that was good and then there's another scene when he's sort of delusional and his girlfriend comes back Mm. and you have this montage which wasn't scary but then he wakes up in a chair and he shows such fright right there that he's like oh my god like i can't do this like i really bought that okay do you know the scene i'm talking about yeah yeah i'm not talking about the interaction with his girlfriend his dead girl i'm talking about after when he like wakes up from this yeah he's just like completely shocked he actually screams and he screams and yeah yeah that was good and they actually do a close-up there Uh uh-huh and uh, <laughs> funnily enough, that now that you mentioned the, the scene in the mirror, that one did take me, yeah. That but was flawless. I mean, never in a million years how that was It was very good, but the second you or I saw him coming from the mirror... It's it was very, too late, though. It's very obvious that the other guy is just a stunt or some guy because it, it, he doesn't even have the same kind of hair. But if you don't pay attention to that, you completely buy it because it's very well done. Oh, yeah, it's a jump scene. All right, so recommendation, movie, rating. Uh, you want me to go first? Or yeah. you will? I am going to say it's a buy, Lady Phantom. I'm actually happy that we got to review this because this was not in my archive of discs. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was really expecting more comedy. Because when I initially seen this, this was another one I seen 15, 16 years, came out on VHS. I got it right away because I was such a fan of the original and I was depressed at the time. So I've only revisited this movie once, never reviewed it on a podcast. It was probably over 20 years ago in the 90s or something. I re-rented it just to give it another chance now the third one army of darkness i'd never give that one another chance because that's a whole new thing and before i give you my rating i do want to say this movie ends where the third one takes off and that one is a fantasy it's fantasy horror no doubt because it's in a different world so you have that so i am giving this a six And it's for the scary camera work nature, the sound that goes along with this, 
but this has some really poor stop motion and there's a terrible skeleton scene oh my god it's so bad and then there's some flying scenes when they're tumbling through stuff and i know it has to do with i'm seeing it on this ultra high death but yeah i I just can't go higher than that but i do think it deserves a buy for people that like this style movie for this 80s and i mean this movie made sam raimi he is what he is because of the evil dead franchise so and he's went on to do some blockbusters so what do you got phantom i'm so curious well i'm extremely disappointed because first of all i thought it was gonna be a sequel now i read somewhere on imdb that apparently they couldn't secure the rights or something to put footage from the first one. So they had to come up with something, an alternative story or something to how this is happening. So they came up with this. And that was the very first thing that took me out because I was expecting a sequel. Then I see this cabin and this tape and the Necronomicon and Ash looks at it And I'm like, how is he not terrified out of his mind? Why is he playing it? You know, but then I found out, okay, because this is not supposed to be like exactly. That really took you out that much? Yeah, because I was expecting a continuation and it was not a continuation. So do you think your movie rating isn't going to be fair because you was expecting something else? Oh, it's going to be fair. Oh, it is going to be fair. Because in the original, he reads he brings the demons out he reads the book Uh uh-huh no but it is i mean it is gonna be fair now i do want to make very clear that i love horror comedy and i don't (laughs) exactly yeah now this is a i wouldn't say weird mixture it's i think it's exaggerated even for sam raimi standards because i mean I love his work. I love The Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell, I think, is such a clever, good movie. This is a strange mixture between horror comedy and slapstick. And I hate slapstick when it's badly done. This movie had a lot of that. A lot of goofiness without being funny. I didn't have any fun in this movie whatsoever. I think at some point I said something like, (laughs) but it was not a chuckle because something was fun. It was because something was dumb at some point. I think it was uh, with the farewell to arms thing or something like that. And everything looked fake. And I know that, of course, the 4K has something to do with it, but many of the special effects were just plain bad. It was not about the 4K or anything. They were just plain bad. There's a scene uh, towards the end when you can see Ash fighting this thing in stop motion that has a super long neck. And you can see that the thing is there and he is behind it because it's just badly done. And honestly, I'm not looking forward to rewatching this ever because it was dumb. And the acting of the other people, which is something I didn't get to say, it was below average. I wouldn't say it's bad, but below average. It was meh, completely meh. So I think this movie is a three out of 10. 
And to me, it's an avoid. Wow. Let's move it on. All right. Tony said for a 33-year-old movie, this is a great release on 4K. Now, like I said, he did mention it had green in the beginning. I'll start, Phantom. This is a mixed bag totally to me. There is scenes when they're portraying buckets and buckets, faucets full of blood. Oh, my God. 4K crushes the total realism in this scene. Like the wide color gamut kills the effectiveness in this. Remember, I seen this on VHS and then DVD. And never once did I say, oh, my God, that blood is so bad. No, it is obviously paint or uh, colored water. Corn syrup, it was. Okay, it's so obvious. Nothing like blood color is. It's way too bright. And it really, really hurts this film to me in that aspect. Because this happens about three times in the movie. Then there's scenes with this green when they're chopping up demons. Yeah. Oh, my God. The brightness colors, I'm telling you, the wide color gamut on 4K really demolishes this movie. Wow. Tony was right. He was dead on accurate, actually. I would say like the first 20, 25 minutes, there's a lot of grainy scenes. Some where it's so freaking jarring. <laughs> That it's like, oh my God, like what a bad cut scene. But no, they probably had problem with the film there, converting it, and they couldn't get rid of the green. But after that opening charade, it does get better. You do see sweat coming off people. You do see dabs of scars and things like that. Yeah, it is better, but not much better. I mean, to me, it was I, I could see the green all the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, see, maybe it's because you wasn't into the movie that much and you was really looking at the technicals because after the initial, like I said, 20, 25 minutes or something. Well, we are talking about a third of the movie then because it's a movie that is not even an hour and a half. I don't know exactly, but it's very apparent there is a shift because there were some scenes it looked all snowy. Yeah, and, and then that stops. Yeah, and then in this scene that I'm telling you, the one where you can see Ash fighting the thing and it's in perspective, is like the thing is really clear, but where Ash is, is so completely grainy. Mm-hmm. So it's very obvious yes. that there's a perspective thing done badly there. And I should say this back on the review too, but I'm just going to lead into it here is there is a couple super poor transitions where the color correction was done horribly. Yes. Like it looked like two different movies. Mm-hmm. And it had to go with the stop motion and he's fighting. I think he was fighting that long-headed, rubbery-looking demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it goes to him swinging an axe or something at it and then it goes to a close-up it looks great and then this other scene and it's like oh my god this is really shining all the thoughts this movie has yeah but there is more realism though phantom than ever was in this film too that's why i say it's a complete mixed bag to me 
Now, there is a montage in the end. It's about three minutes where there's a lot of color, mm-hmm. a lot of white light, and then yeah. like rainbow lights. That yeah. looked cooler than I ever seen. Like I was almost got up and clapped. I'm like, wow, that looks so much better than it ever did. Yeah, there's a, I think that's the scene that you're talking about. Actually, there's a bunch of specular highlights yes. at some point there, and they looked very nice. Yes, it was so jarring because you're getting this mixed bag throughout the film, and then you get this scene of two to three minutes, and you would say, oh, that was made yesterday. And it was really nice. But and then- it was prettily shot. The camera work worked. The effects worked. And it was just a pretty scene. <laughs> yeah, but I think it comes directly before or after. I think it's after one of the worst scenes in the movie. When things are, I think, I, I think it's before. Because I think after that, there's a scene where he actually gets transported to these medieval times. Oh, it goes and, back oh, my to terrible. goodness. Oh, and that, as good as that scene that you're saying was, that scene with things going through that, tornado vortex thing was so bad absolutely and i'm glad you remembered that phantom because i wanted to say that so you get a lot of grain in the first however many minutes then it's fine to me phantom saying she's noticed it but if she noticed it it was mild and tolerable for a 33 year old film but then you get this beautiful scene that I'm talking about. And then when he's transported to these ancient lands, you're back to heavy grain, blurry, terribly shot films. Cinematography junk in that scene, if you ask me. Yeah. And the 4K highlights it. You know A what lot. I mean? A lot. So you have that. Now, last thing we got to touch on is the sound. DTS 5.1, we don't get any Atmos track, which if it was there, it wouldn't be used anyway. There was like three scenes at all with any surround action in this. Yeah, I remember the one and it was cool. Like yes. there were things being thrown around and, and everything and you could hear it. And the branches are rattling. Yeah, and you could hear it coming from everywhere. That was cool, but no, uh, yeah, no upper speakers at all. No, well, it wasn't Atmos dialogue track here oh boy did this sound mono (laughs) oh my god the overdubs like we said were out of place which hurt it and it was a very tinny track they did no resampling of this dialogue track in here you should probably watch this movie this is one that you should put on the standard stereo track which was what was released at the time this came out because their resampling to a higher format did nothing. If anything, it emphasized the poor quality microphones that were used. No deepness in the voices, really crackly and tinny. And even in some of the sound effects, too, like when he's hitting the wall, because there's a lot of banging against walls in this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a three minute scene when he's trying to get a head off his hand that he's banging. And it was just very tinny and echoey and it didn't sound good at all. And we have a top of the line hi-fi setup with seven speakers and it was not reproduced and is 
a definite downer and is definitely getting ticked down to me. Anything else on the music, Phantom? Nope. All right, let's move into the special features. All right, so we have some special features on the Blu-ray. So we are, they are divided into the ones that are in both Blu-ray and 4K. We have Bloody and Groovy Baby, tribute to Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. Audio commentary with writer-director Sam Raimi, actor Bruce Campbell, co-writer Scott Spiegel, and special makeup effects artist Greg Nicotero. Oh, it's Greg Nicotero, okay. And the ones Oh, on the, now she's coming up higher. No, I mean, I'm saying there are some very good makeup effects. I mean, the makeup effects were good. Well, he's but, one of the top five, definitely, makeup effects artists. Yeah, so. um, but I insist many of them are very exaggerated. Plus, this is not like his most recent work, so whatever. Blu-ray special features, Swallowed Souls, The Making of Evil Dead 2. Cabin Fever, Behind the Scenes of Evil Dead 2. Road to Wadesboro, Revisiting the Shooting Location with Filmmaker Tony Elwood. Evil Dead 2, Behind the Screams, The Gore, The Merrier, Still Galleries, and Audio Commentary. All right, it's that time you're all listening for. Is this 4K Blu-ray disc worth it? I'm going to start because I know Phantom's going to be lower. I've seen this. I know what it looked like. It was a dingy, dirty, dull-looking movie. And surprisingly, I am going to say this disc is worthy, but barely. It's nowhere near as good as Tony made it out to be. Now, it is an older movie. They are tougher to do. We got many a junk ones we've reviewed on here, and we tell you straight. And the 4K highlights the bad effects. But I still must say that this movie was made to be like that on purpose. So, for the uptick in resolution, for the moderately increased contrast hdr not utilized hardly at all except for maybe three minutes the wide color gamut was definitely in effect (laughs) not for the good on most things and that's why i'm so struggling with giving this a fair rating because when they did go close-ups everybody looked natural i did see things i never seen before you see all the marks and makeup effects on all the actors and ash really looked freaky when he turned and it was done super well so my final rating is going to be c plus i do say it's worthy if this is your style film lady phantom ah well i think i mean i don't know because on the one hand i think i'm a little more fair but on the other hand maybe a little more unfair because i have absolutely no sentimental attachments to this movie by reading what tony wrote i was expecting way more than this oh i definitely was too tony i you definitely overplayed this one buddy (laughs) yeah a lot i agree the hdr made some scenes look fantastic unfortunately it is maybe five percent of the movie there is a lot of grain all the time maybe they they uh softened it probably they did but it didn't do much really and here unfortunately the 4k only works to emphasize 
the problems with this movie. I think it's a D plus, and I don't think it's worthy. All right, you heard it here first on movies in 4K. We got a C plus worthy and a D plus unworthy. Thanks to Tony Smith for recommending Evil Dead 2. If you have a movie that you want Lady Phantom and Bill Shetty review, you must get to our guest book and leave it. Tell us. We review any type of movie that's been released on 4K. If you haven't subscribed yet, you need to now because we have a lot of bonuses coming out along with our weekly releases. So for Lady Phantom, I'm Bill Shetty, and you've been listening to Movies in 4K. Movies in 4K.